I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash inner academy. Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. Welcome to Dale Borglum's Healing at the Edge. We are very happy to share with you Dale's profound insight and open heart. Please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dale to support this podcast. As we begin this meditation practice, I would ask you to please ask your heart, is there a form, a relative form of the divine that you trust, in which you have faith, in which you have a relationship that enables you to go beyond identification with just being a separate self. And please begin by imagining in front of you that deity, either in anthropomorphized form or as a more generic being of light. Begin to feel this presence, this embodiment of love, of wisdom, of compassion. Not just conceptually, but what does it actually feel like to have this being directly in front of you? 
Does the very presence of this being begin to purify any places in body and mind that continue to arise and cause suffering? Can we have faith to just begin to receive the blessing, the grace that is inherent in being with the divine? Love is contagious. Those who haven't got it catch it from those who do. Opening our hearts, our beings, to this form of the deity seated before us. Beginning then to reach out Invoking relationship, either with a prayer, simple words, or a repetitive calling out the name. Being alert to any places where there is more fear arising than faith. Can we trust that even in these places we can open up into deeper relationship? Letting the mind begin to drop down into the heart, that the words of the prayer, the words of the mantra, are colored with the tenderness of the heart. The nature of the heart is connectedness, is warmth, Feeling that warm connection with the sacred. The other quality of the open heart is spaciousness. As we open through prayer, Those places where we still attach are more and more seen as small clouds in the vast sky of heart. Our relationship with the divine in this relative sense is the gateway to surrender into that which is beyond form, beyond knowing, beyond fear, beyond separation.
trusting that that which we invoked is our own nature, our own body, our own mind filled with this sense of devotion, of connectedness. surrendering again and again into spaciousness. Prayer transformed from asking for something, from trying to connect with something, to resting in that which is. At times, if the mind becomes more busy coming back to a more relative type of prayer of being with words, devotional words, loving words, and then at times diving back into that place of formlessness, of openness, of complete trust, without any need to react to the arising of the mind as a problem, as a demon.
feeling very intimately and directly what it is like to rest in this prayerful state, this state of connectedness, this state that at times carries us beyond identification with separateness and form. What does that feel like in your body? Is this quality something that we can rest in as a foundation as we live our lives? What is the most important thing? Is there some efficiency? Is there some knowledge that is more important than using this connection to the sacred to go beyond this clinging to separateness? I'd like to uh, talk just very briefly about consciousness. My sense of it and of the way I led into the meditation was that often we fall into conditioning and are identified with ego and brain as being fundamental, that we are receiving experiences of an objective world. From the standpoint of quantum mechanics and from Tantra, the world is real, but it is internal to awareness, that everything is a function of consciousness or awareness. In a lot of schools of spiritual discipline, the end state, non-duality, Advaita Vedanta, says that the world isn't real, we need to renounce it, we can just go into nirvana and not worry about the world. And I don't think that's very practical for most people living in our modern world. In Tantra, though, everything is seen as a manifestation of the sacred, including those of us sitting here together right now, including ourselves. So that Tantra is not about renouncing the world, but honoring, respecting being in and with the world. And to me that, and being in it in a way that there's a sense of love and devotion to the sacred nature of everything. To take that piece of information as an intellectual understanding can be quite dangerous. To think that I am God and that everybody else is God can lead to great delusion if it's only an idea. But to begin to explore through prayer and devotion and mantra, going more deeply into identification with the sacred rather than that which is separate, 
will begin to reveal this deep inner truth. And what is being discovered in quantum mechanics, and just bear with me for a very short little piece here, that reality has been proven that it cannot be both objective and separable. And it's highly unlikely that it's neither one of them. So objective reality means that there is a reality that exists independent of observation, that there's solid stuff out there independent of you or I observing it. And a separable reality means that I can act on one part of reality without affecting another part arbitrarily far away. So it means that uh, to be separable, I can talk to you right now, and it's not affecting somebody locked up in a, in a airtight or a soundproof cell on the other side of the world, or a piece of matter on the bottom of the ocean that everything affects everything else, uh, is meaning that it's not separable. So that if we really begin to explore the possibility, at least, that the ego is only a function of the mind, not that the mind is a function of the ego. Okay, that, that we're actually creating reality moment to moment, that it's flowing from us rather than something solid and separable out there that we're receiving. That prayer is a very direct way then to create a loving, spacious reality. And we've talked before about quality of taking in the good that we're hardwired to cling to the difficult and let the good stuff slide on through from evolutionary conditioning back on the savannah. And it, I think then it's very clear that if we're, we have this prayer going on in the background, we're taking in the good that even, even difficulty, even dying, even the political divisiveness that's uh, so much in the forefront of our country right now, that from this other perspective is also part of the sacred reality. When I asked Maharaji how to meditate, he didn't say you should think of your third eye and focus on me or something. He said, see all women as the mother. Can we see, see all women as the mother? And can we see all of it as the mother? So not only the good stuff, but is Republicans versus Democrats, is hunger and all the other horrible things that we could bring up. Is that also a manifestation of the mother? Do we have to say, this is the good stuff and this is the bad stuff and I only want the good stuff? Or can we open to things so fully that we're we're more enlivened than deadened by the difficulty that we see in the world. What we're really seeing, saying here is that ego is just another experience, like hearing, thinking, seeing, egoing, and that there is, there is this deeper reality, and that prayer is one of the most direct ways to that reality. And I go through my day again and again just trying to imagine that instead of there's a solid stuff out there that I've got to deal with and it can be problematic and I've really got to pay attention or I'm going to get in trouble, that 
reality is flowing through me, that Shakti is flowing through me, and that I am in this loving relationship with what's out there. And to me, that's how Maharaji could be with all of these people and love everybody equally, even though some of the people were much less likable and, and from personality terms, that he could he could know that there was there was actually at one point there was a war going on between India and Pakistan. Bangladesh was being formed and tens of thousands of people were starving to the guests, not that far away. He knew that. Yet he could, instead of tearing his hair out, not that he had much of it, but he 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 kept open to all of that. So that is it possible to be saying as we're going through our life, this feeling arose for me as a spontaneous expression of what I am and will dissolve back into the same ground of being. That whatever is coming is it's a spontaneous expression of who I am. And to me, that it's kind of a prayer and it really changes my relationship with illness, with my bank account, with my friendships. It's in a way bringing prayer in a very direct, practical way into my daily experience. And it's not like I'm trying to pray when I'm being with people, but it's in a sense being in my life in a different perspective. There's a different subject. It's not that the objects are different, but the subject is different. And the subject is not my egoic fixations. They're still there, but they're just an object. There's not this solid, objective reality that I'm at times in battle with or that I have to deal with in some male, I'm going to fix it, I'm going to do it kind of way, that it's more, it's all very fluid. It's like dancing or making love or painting a painting. In the Bible, it says, pray without ceasing, which once again is going to be very difficult to do if it's filling up our minds with words. If we're saying that prayer is, uh, I'm saying the Lord's Prayer all afternoon or something like that, or I'm I'm saying the hundred-syllable mantra of Padmasambhava, but that we, we use relative prayer, this notion of the relative deity, and even maybe approaching that from a standpoint of poverty, that I need help here. I, I'm asking for help. I'm reaching out in this dualistic way. As that brings us into the heart, the nature of the heart is revealed as being spacious, as being connected. And that allows us then to trust going into this other relationship with reality, which is a, a more true relationship, a more uh, a relationship that has integrity rather than this based on a house of cards that is going to fall apart at the slightest wind. And even when what is arising in Hinduism is called the samskara, that something's arising, which was a seed planted from a previous attachment, that can be digested and devoured in this prayerful way. This feeling arises from me as a spontaneous expression of what I am, and will, will dissolve back into that same ground of being. That feeling is not only when something is fresh that's rising, but when it's a samskara, when it's a seed of a previous woundedness, that it can be devoured. We, I've several times in the past quoted this poet, Ram Prasad Sen, who uh, was a devotee of Kali, the Dark Mother. 
And he said, oh, Kali, in this life, evil, you, you will devour me or I will devour you. And I vow that it is you that I will devour. Devouring the mother is, as we're just talking about it, realizing that the mother form energy, what's happening, is, is part of the divine show. It's real, but it's real in the context of consciousness. Whether what's arising is an old wound or whether it's a fresh experience, we can still we can digest it and devour it in the way that this prayerful leading into non-duality or into relationship with the absolute deity. So we're taking the fixation on being identified with body, speech, and mind as a separate egoic being to identifying with the relative deity, creating a relationship with Christ, with Buddha, with the mother, using that as the relationship then into the absolute deity. Mm -hmm.